Um, so this sutta uh, that we're doing tonight is called Mindfulness of the Sixth Sense Base. And it's really building on everything we've been talking about. So um, hopefully that value will uh, be evident. Um, but just in the last few minutes as I was preparing for this, um, you know, a news bulletin opened on my phone and it said, stress is weathering our bodies from the inside out. So that was in the Washington Post. And, you know, I think we could all know whether ourselves or others, you know, whatever brought us here. Um, but they're really, you know, as they have for a long time, but continuing to put more science behind that. And it's impacting the, our longevity. Right. And then also then impacting the quality of our lives. So when we think about the people that we may be caring for now, um, we need to really think about um, ourselves. And so we have this wonderful gift of this practice because we're going to leave here empowered with the tools to reverse that headline and to heal ourselves. Right. Nobody else does it. We do it. And that, I think, is one of the most wonderful things about this program. Um, I am a householder. I am practical and intentional when learning new things and incorporating them into my life for an improved daily existence with purpose. Uh, here are my convictions. These are the three convictions I identify with this uh, practice. I deepen my concentration with this practice every day on my cushion. Insights from the time on my cushion inform my understanding. These are insights that help me understand myself in relation to the three marks of existence, which are impermanence, suffering, and the not-self. Um, habits do take time to develop, so the importance of the sit uh, twice a day or every day, getting that in, it's so important to build that practice. Um, number two, enhanced, our practice is enhanced by participation in the Sangha weekly and through our residential and hybrid retreats. And three, by integrating the Buddha's Dhamma as we are here on the retreat, um, our practice will thrive and grow you know, after this weekend. And so we've already built on the four foundations of the mindfulness, which is uh, beautiful, beautifully presented by Brian. But that's also a good thing to even print out if you're more of a visual person and have in your meditation space. It really is foundational. And then John did the mindfulness of the hindrances and the five aggregates. And then now the sixth sense base. And then we'll have the seven factors of awakening and the Four Noble Truths. And you'll hear the repetition in all of this because it's coming back to the breath is really you know, the common thread through all of this. So I look at the mindfulness of the sixth sense base is a sutta that describes how to live in the world. We hear things like be present or be here now, but they're only words without a practice without the three things, the three convictions, the sit, coming and being a part of the sangha and being on these retreats. Um, so what I'd like you to do while we're going through this practice is to breathe, all right? So rather than just words, breathe while we are going through this mindfulness exercise. And you will learn to do this off the cushion 
present with life in your life. The Buddha's words, furthermore, one remains mindful of the quality of mind in reference to the sixth sense base. I'm going right into this. Should I be meditating first? Okay, I'll do it after, sorry. So, absorbed by this. Thank you. All right. Uh, furthermore, one remains mindful of the quality of the mind in reference to the sixth sense base. So, everything we've talked about and everything we'll talk about here has to do with the quality of your mind is the overarching. So, this, the sixth sense base is made up of remain mindful of the eye form and the clinging that arises from the eye form. Be mindful of the rising and clinging to the eye form. Be mindful that when clinging to the eye form is completely abandoned, clinging to the eye form will not arise in the future. And so what this might be saying is, like I have a friend right now that's so disappointed that we didn't get to take a trip to go see the foliage. And so every day I take a picture of the fall foliage right where we live and I send it to her. And But she's clinging onto that you know, eye form of, having wanted to do something, we didn't get to do it, so somehow she missed it. Um, but as you can abandon the, this clinging to the I-form, you're moving yourself toward full human maturity, which, you know, John's constantly reminding us that that's what awakening is. So the next is remain mindful of the ear-form and the clinging that arises from the ear-form. Uh, for example, you may find yourself needing to hear your own voice in a meeting or in a conversation or in an argument. Um, you know, that's eye making and you need to honor the ear form. So be mindful of the arising of clinging to the ear form. Be mindful that when clinging to the ear form is completely abandoned, clinging to the ear form will not arise in the future. Again, pushing you to forward to full human maturity. Remain mindful of the nose form and the clinging that arises from the nose form. Be mindful of the arising of clinging to the nose form. Clinging and craving associated with anything to do with your olfactory system, you know, is really to be abandoned. And, and what we're doing here is we're going deeper into where we started from with the mindfulness to now saying in real life, eventually we want to be able to pick up on this. Oh, I see it, see or feel or sense that I'm doing something here. And so what can I do about it when I see myself in this space? I can breathe. I can just breathe and just the action of breathing and maybe not talking, etc., will cause the clinging and craving to um, dissipate. So be mindful that when clinging to the nose form is completely abandoned, clinging to the nose form will not arise in the future. Remain mindful of the tongue form and the clinging that arises from the tongue form. Be mindful of the arising of clinging to the tongue form. And then as I was preparing for this, John and I had an email conversation, so I'm gonna use some of his words. When being mindful of the various organs that we've just gone over as a vehicle of perception, the tongue form refers to the sense that the tongue is used for, which is taste, that can inform gluttony or moderation or, you know, other extremes 
um, by being in control of the mind in reference to taste. And I thought that was very helpful. More of John's words, when mindfulness rooted in concentration and refined mindfulness like we've been talking about, the tongue then becomes sensitive to pleasure, but not driven by sensuality, which could result in greed or aversion, which is the clinging and craving. Mindfulness of the various sensed-based consciousness brings a profound understanding of creating self-referential views through sense contact. Indifference or I don't care in that situation is also eye-making. So be mindful that when clinging to the tongue form is completely abandoned, clinging to the tongue form will not arise in the future. Remain mindful of the body form, so overall touch sense, and the clinging that arises from the body form. Be mindful of the arising of clinging to the body form. Again, bring consciousness to a profound understanding, these are John's words, of creating self-referential views through the touch sense. So again, it goes back to it's, it's not about whatever's happening in your life, in your eye, your ear, your touch, or whatever. It's about where you put yourself in the middle of all that, the self-referential component to that. Um, okay, be mindful that when clinging to the body form is completely abandoned, clinging to the body form will not arise in the future. In this way, one remains mindful of the sixth sense base, the arising and the passing away of the sixth sense base, independent of and not clinging to anything in the world. This is how one remains mindful of the sixth sense base in and of themselves. So this is, that's the sutta, but I did want to share, you know, just some of my learning in preparation for reading that sutta. I wondered if the tongue form concerned right speech. And I asked John that question. The tongue form relates to the tongue as an organ, as I said, with sensations. So it did not relate to uh, right speech. However, as further evidence and as an overarching theme of how all of Buddha's teachings pretty much intertwine into themselves, when we truly are mindful, fully, of the sixth sense base, in this way, not using our senses to further drive craving after and clinging to sensuality, the framework of the eightfold, eightfold path is a natural and gentle expression of one's present quality of mind, which of course includes right speech. And so I thought that that really, we're trying to get very specific so you can see how you would live with this in your real life. But again, bouncing it back up to the quality of mind and the whole bigger picture of the Eightfold Path. Um, so that had a lot of meaning to me. Um, with the Dhamma, we don't become different people. And our preferences for taste, touch, any of the forms um, may not change, our understanding changes. And so what we go through might be mostly invisible to others. What changes is that which falls away. 
And I tend to emphasize this because it's meaningful to me that negative that here's the here's the photo, but here's the negative of the photo because it's the what's no longer there. And when you realize it's no longer there is the direct experience um, that we have with the practice. Um, so the absence of clinging, um, the absence of identification, self-identification, the absence of eye-making, the absence of aversion. And it's not all aversion. It's, oh, in that situation, I might normally have experienced this, but I didn't. Um, and then there's a pattern of that happening more and more. Um, using John's guidance, wrong view, wrong or ignoble intention, wrong speech, that which causes harm to ourselves or to others, wrong action, wrong livelihood, wrong effort, wrong meditation or wrong mindfulness falls into alignment and goes from wrong to right in all of the Eightfold Path. And when it is out of alignment, we or the people around us can quickly recognize it and then we can release it and observe the passing away of clinging and craving. And that, you know, is the practice. So the framework of the Eightfold Path is a natural, I'm repeating John's word I, words because I really love them. The framework of the Eightfold Path is a natural and gentle expression of one's present quality of mind, allowing the entirety of the Eightfold Path to manifest in our behavior instead goodness, no harm to others, kindness, compassion, clarity, focus, awakening, love, um, all those things come to represent instead. So John's words, mindfulness of the various sense-based consciousness brings a profound understanding of creating self-referential views through sense contact and also directly relate to dependent origination, which we touched on a little bit. Recognize and then avoid being distracted by the sixth sense base, like that's your homework, and remain mindful of, sixth sense, of the sixth sense base and the arising, and as we've emphasized so importantly, the passing away of the sixth sense base, and that's the recognition of the absence of something. Um, independent of and not clinging to anything in the world. So what we're doing is we're making room for the good stuff. The framework of the Eightfold Path as this general expression and all these wonderful positive outcomes that can uh, come from having a very strong uh, practice. So... All right, well, we don't have anybody online, so I can stop looking at myself. Uh, it, yeah, it is. It is, and I'll see it if anybody comes on. What do you think? Yeah. All right. All right. Let's sit, and we'll go around the room afterwards. Oh, I forgot to. Where's the... Okay.
All right, now we'll be meditating for 30 minutes. Noticing the arising and passing away of feelings and thoughts while remaining mindful of the arising and passing away of your breath in your body. Notice the quality of your mind. Be at peace with your mind. It's your mind. This is the fourth foundation of mindfulness. When you are ready, you can gently open your eyes. When we first started doing this practice, we always meditated after the Siddha when I first started. So maybe I was in the throwback machine. Um, as a reminder, we were discussing the sixth sense base and probably for most of us, whatever challenges or problems that come to mind either today or over this past week, came through the sixth sense base, the things that trigger the sounds, the what you see, you know, your partners, you know, cues, whatever it is, it's all coming through the sixth sense base. So let's go around the room and um, talk about, you know, what came up for you or even how you think you would use this, you know, moving forward in your week after the retreat, however you want to go. I'll pick on you first, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was either you or John, so I went with you. Thank you for It's funny how you're saying, you know, things enter through the six sense being so your partner or whatever. Um, I think I was joking with you guys a while back when Jen was talking about the coconut milk cans. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think it was for me. My husband got the wrong ham at the store. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, just this past week, there's like a flaw in the, you know, in the house. Every day I walk past it. Every day it bothers me. And every day I let it trigger this whole big thought process. Well, if I just had time, and I would have time if, you know, <laughs> And I was not entirely successful at all this week in interrupting that, uh, you know, that, that videotape and played it and played it all the way through. Um, but I'm glad that I know that I'm doing it. And I really love that I have this practice that helped me identify it and interrupt it. And, uh, you know, like you say all the time, it's a simple in concept. But it's, uh, you know, it obviously requires practice or we're all right. now. It's really hard to let go of, I'm right. I'm right about yeah, this. This is important. I'm playing about this yeah, thing. This, yeah. this matters because or I deserve or right. I should. Right? But, um, or this offends me. Right? Yeah, or it, how dare right, they. Right. Or, you know. Let's try to justify this feeling, this is an exception. I can't apply the Dhamma to this one. And, and you don't have to. Or you can decide to do it. Um, yeah. Right. But I feel like the good thing, I mean, I know the good thing for me, you know, as I do these you know, developments, is that even, you know, at the height of crying on my lows or giving out the silent treatment or whatever, you know, extreme right. reaction, I've just decided it's the perfect way to right. solve all my problems, you know. I take myself with a grain of salt at this point, and, um, 
And even, it's almost like it's a habit, and I haven't like fully broken the habit to be upset or triggered by that thing. But I know that it's going to pass, and I don't think that I used to know that. And it, even when I'm like, oh, I'm upset about this. I know that if I just practice more, someday I won't be upset about this as often or as hard. Right, sometime in the future. Not right yeah. now. And I could see really 
I don't know how firm this connection is in the Dhamma, but for me, I was able to chart the um, how feeling moves through all of those layers of the pyramid mm -hmm. um, through the body mm -hmm. uh, sense space. When you feel in your gut, Mm. Right, like that to me was a that's an illustration to me of what that um, sense of can be like. Something, some discomfort or unease or something. I feel it in my gut. I want some. I want my surroundings to change. I want something to be different. And then how does that fall through the aggregate? Oh, if I'm perceiving something that is making me uncomfortable, or I'm feeling. Well, you're putting I in the middle of it all. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I um, I'm glad that six sense base is part of this retreat. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is good. You're up, sir. <laughs> Just have to say all the ladies taking these notes are gonna be way ahead of us. <laughs> <laughs> We've always been, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, diagrams going there. <laughs> then diagrams. <laughs> Um, noble science. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's so wonderful to hear from everybody. The communication that you learned so much through all of you. Thank you. Today was, uh, in the meditation, I was my mind was already it's difficult to, for me to come back home because I ate much. I was able to catch up sometimes when I remember to be able to thank you all. We start with a wonderful session from today. And, um, I was glad to hear from you, Tracy, that she sensed that I'm more calm since I'm mm. practicing. And uh, I'm looking forward for days ahead to, to become even better, more uh, aware of. Uh, Imagine the first time you are going through something and you feel like this and you feel relaxed. You're going to be like, Okay, this is it. This is how this works. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing. You know, someday I know I will be better, like most of them. <laughs> We're all a work in progress, that's for sure. Hello. Hi. Thank you for I too appreciated the switch up, actually, because it helped to focus my. And um, interestingly enough, I actually noticed more sort of bodily sensations than like, like nose got a weird itch. <laughs> we just ate some digesting, just noticing how annoyed I get. Like, I'm not that I'm just going to notice how annoyed I am. <laughs> <laughs> but then it did pass away. 
you know, it's almost like so clear that the body and everything around is trying, in a way, trying to like get distract us to you. distract. Yeah. And it's almost like when you talk first, you put the focus on, like um, Dave was saying, like, you're more sensitive when you're more present. And um, I sat differently to this time. The way you instructed the meditation was a little different. I just noticed all of it. Mm-hmm. And um, it wasn't the most comfortable meditation I've ever had, but I think not less important. Jane. Thank you for the teaching, Mary. I like your smooth style. I notice that I, I just experience things differently now. I love to walk, especially at night. And so now when I walk, I might smell something like a fireplace. And I'll notice that's like, oh, that's, that's a good smell. Now in the past, I would have been, hmm, fireplace, I'm coming back here tomorrow because, you know, I like I like that. <laughs> or we have skunk problems in my neighborhood. <laughs> I might be walking and smell the skunk and I'll say, that room the whole walk. I'm not coming back this right. way. So it's like <laughs> you really <Yeah>. are. <laughs> but it's like I'm taking things just okay, that didn't yeah. happen. And right. I'm not attaching myself to it or not craving it or aversion. It's just that's what happened on today's walk. So Ooh. it's a nicer way of living. Yeah. That you said it all. Like if we could choose to live that way. Oh we can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right? We don't have to choose the stressful way that we're doing things. John, would you like to say anything now? I think so. Of course. What um, are the odds? Here, Brian. It's just starting with Bridget working down here on this back line. This is the, this is the newer practitioner lines and then anchored by Jimmy Um Bridget, you started talking about what, and everything you said was about developing non-practice. And for the first time in your life, you realize that you have a choice in how you think and how you feel. Julie expanded on that. Uh, and so did Mark. So did Raquel. So did Tracy. We're all learning how to be sensitive without falling into sensuality. We're learning how to use these six sense base the way it's intended so that we can be sensitive to our moment by moment life without falling into sensuality, the need for more, more, more. That pizza was so good. I gotta move next to Cody so I can get but we can lose our minds over these things, can't we? Or we can just appreciate really just the, the joy of having that well, that one slice was enough for me. And, you know, to be honest, I maybe want a piece of a good fit. And enough is enough. But until I came across what the Buddha taught, figured it out, nothing was ever enough, was it? And it never ends. The sixth sense base is insatiable until we corral it in and take control of it. But as we talk about, it's also a gentle and a direct practice that we do ourselves. You know, and we're all here. The teachers are here to teach you, but we're all learning at an ever deeper level. Of course. You know, um, 
and it, it's it, it's this gentle type of symbiosis that is present in this room. It really is remarkable. You know, and, and again, I, uh, I never intended to, to even teach other teachers. And one day, a student, I can't remember who he is anymore, but he asked me, who was, he was coming along and practicing, and he said, what's going to happen? Who's going to take over for you when you die? And I never thought about that. <laughs> but then I did, and I remember Matt and I had a really good conversation, so I think we should maybe see we can train some teachers, and we put a little teacher training program together, and that was four people. Uh, and then we added a few more, and Brian came along, and Katie came along, and Mary came along. Uh, it's just remarkable, isn't it, how we have these really wonderful teachers, and they all teach in a slightly different but excellent way, and always within the framework of the eight Sitting here, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to just present myself as the next Siddhartha Gautama. I know, I know I'm not. <laughs> baby. <laughs> you are. <laughs> I'm just so pleased with what I've developed here. I never intended this. I didn't do any of it except just came here because I had nothing better to do. <laughs> it's, it's really remarkable. It really is. And Mary, just, just another outstanding teaching. You all blow me away. Well, you're, you're our gift, John. Laura? Hi. Oh, Hi. David. Oh, David. <laughs> well, he's kind of been included in the next row, but go ahead, David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we did come in so far, so. I asked Bridget that question early on. I do like that after. Early in my practice, struck upon contact. And that's where your practice has to develop. Six out of space, and I'm nothing more than this six property person. So I became very sensitive as I sat to the sound and the breeze and the heat. And I learned to be sensitive. And that's just the laboratory of sitting. And then you know, through, not through teachers, you know, through readings, you have to experience it. And that's where we're all people in that sense. There's no advanced students, there's no advanced teachers. So it's a personal experience. So sitting after the teaching, we really did get to focus in on that. And as David mentioned that six property person that comes from the doctor of Bonda Sutra that we'll be teaching in a few weeks, I'm not quite sure uh, as we conclude our job. Coming up. Mm -hmm. 
you just really summarize what we're trying to do with this retreat really well because you know it started with John and Matt and everything's building on it but again it just comes back to you know it's it's us and it's the breath and the body and it really is that simple and all these different suttas are like John was saying situational to whatever was going on you know in the sangha but they're all saying the same thing you know, and it's coming back to yourself and who we are is what we are after everything falls away. It's just the purity of who we are versus these things we've developed over the, our lifetime. To, so much for it took me, the, that was almost a barrier for me, a hindrance for me when I first started because I was like, like even ignorance of the Four Noble Truths, my brain literal brain had a hard time. Mm -hmm. I knew what it meant, but I didn't know what it meant. You know, I would right, just right. struggle with that. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. I guess we'll go to Corey. Oh hi. You, you Cody, sorry. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. She forgot me. Yeah. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, I also wasn't taking notes. So um I think uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for this weekend and this retreat. Um, I've noticed um, sitting in this room and, and I don't know if my, if my, if my brain is like, knows when Saturday morning is and it's like, okay, now you can be really wise and serene and you can sit on this cushion and you can have a spiritual moment or whatever. But like this afternoon was my brain was not ready. Um, I'm like totally consumed by an unresolved issue that I'm having at work and I'm having like a serenity now moment where I'm just like sitting here like it's just a thought. Just a thought. It's let it go, it's just a thought. It's not good, it's not bad. Um, but uh but yeah, it might be an expensive thought. I don't know. Um, but I have like, and it's like, I have all these buts. Like, I'm like, I know very simply, this is a thought and feeling. It's not mm -hmm. good, it's not bad. You can just return to the breath. And, but, 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 right. like, it's just, oh, but this might be important. Like, you know, you gotta figure this out. As if sitting in this room right now, in this moment, has any bearing on what happened this morning or two days ago. Like, I'm gonna solve a problem. Mm -hmm. um, so it may so. solve itself right? yeah it's not my problem honestly oh, then what are you doing yeah, with it it's not it's give somebody, it back to who's ever problem it's somebody it is. else's problem <laughs> um, there you go but uh 
but here I am in the middle of it anyway. Um, well, I'm glad you're here. I enjoyed your pizza. <laughs> and it was really nice meeting your family. Yeah, they're wonderful. Yeah, that, yeah, was, that was really nice of you to bring them. Really, so. They have such an awesome presence. Yeah, yeah. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it takes over my house. And I did get to learn about my um, two dogs. Oh, yeah. Just how stinky they are. We have, we, have, we have a lot of really powerful beings in our household. <laughs> Oscar and I got a visual description. And, <laughs> all the senses. You covered pretty much all the senses. Very wise. He went through the six senses of related to farts. Yeah. Okay. That's good. My dog is also, you know, very seven very seven powerful <laughs> teacher. Yeah. A lot of lessons. Coming out of her butt. That's <laughs> 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 sensations of the body. Yeah. Do we determine that's the fifth foundation? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Now, I was going to say, Corey, uh, all those butts could mean your ass someday. <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is why we have girls in the room, so this all doesn't devolve into fart Okay. <laughs> No, just kidding. Laura's the one that's All right, Rom, take us out of this. All right, first part, Jerry. I did see that, that uh, at, the, at the potluck. Uh, it was just like, I was tripping over my senses. And it, it was just so powerful, uh, you know, the stuff coming into the senses. And all of a sudden, you know, ah, food, ooh, you know, smell it, you know, and, and see it. And, and, uh, and feeling it's like, whew, rise up right away. And it's like, okay, restraint, restraint. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do restraint right now? <laughs> Oh, no. Not around those black no, guys, no. It's just, you know, uh, <clears throat> being in the Dharma and, and practicing the Dharma uh, doesn't have to be a struggle. Doesn't have to be a struggle. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's. See it in front of you to see this this little connection. What Brian mentioned between contact and and feelings to see it right in front of you and then see how how the mind grabs that and how you move with it. You don't have to fight it. Down to it and do that together with a whole bunch of people that are on the same page. Mm -hmm. uh, is makes life truly wonderful. Yeah, it's really nice to make. Yeah, great idea. Who's ever idea that? <laughs> Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Mary. Um, I like the part where you, you teased out that most people won't know that we've changed. Mm -hmm. This is such a an internal intrinsic process that 
and you really do have to, to develop solitude and be at peace with that solitude to, to walk this path. Because as soon as you start going off and telling people, hey, I'm, I've changed and I'm different, like you're, you're right back into the deluded mind state. Right. Uh, and so that, that's, a, that's an interesting process. And yeah, it's a little bit like being shot back into the matrix. And oh yeah, it's food and people, and it's just, it's, it's just a lot of sensory. I'm tired. <laughs> you're a morning person. <laughs> I'm a morning person. I'm not a people person. And, but you I can love too. all of you. Thank you. <laughs> you are a beautiful person. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, Jack. Thanks for teaching, Mary. I, I also really appreciate it. Hold on as well. Nobody's really going to notice, but that's that's not what we're here for. I think Julie probably. It's good. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm just going to pick up on something David said either earlier today or last night, but related to the point of contact, which is at the point of contact, there's just so much less dialogue now, internal. Mm -hmm. And it's just not harsh. That's good. That's amazing. Okay. Yeah. Let's see how tomorrow goes. That's good stuff. You know, for now, it's, it's good. No, we should feel good about that. That can't happen unless you're open to it. Yeah. That's good. Congratulations. Good. All right, Matt. Thank you for the teaching, Mary. Good to see you up there in front of the room. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, like we've all said tonight, I, everyone is is applying this practice to their lives. So there's not really much more than that. This is ordinary. And the Buddha is describing ordinary process, ordinary life. We're householders, like Mary said. We're not ascetic monastics, you know, entering homelessness. Even if we were, we'd still be dealing with pretty much the same thing. And the method that's laid out is exactly the same. So um, everybody just keep doing it. Keep doing it. The circumstances of life really aren't going to change that much. We're still going to wake up tomorrow and be householders probably. No guarantees, of course, but probably. And we're still going to come in contact with thoughts and feelings and the quality of our mind, and we're going to come in contact with those things through our sixth sense base. So the playing field is still the same. And the method to Practice is what we're doing here. So thanks for taking that out. Thank you. I just want to mention I can't remember when I've been in a room with people who don't have a device out. It's, it's just so refreshing to be in a room with people just 
between themselves. Just that being said, the retreat isn't over just because we're going to all go our separate ways. So the best you can, stay within the framework of the eightfold path. Be mindful of right speech. Keep your cell phones and your tablets down. Best you can. Uh, and just enjoy the peace of awakening. <laughs> uh, two things I'd just like to run past because I thought about this when Raquel was talking about it. Uh, I think we all became a little groggy and maybe distracted by eating that wonderful food. And maybe our next residential retreat will have our last session before we go eat. You know, we'll eat blowed out. I've been thinking about this and I've been uh, going back and forth about what I want to bring it up. And I think I should. There's a lot going on in the world today. And I, I don't know if any of you have become distracted by what's on the news, um, the talk of war and all that stuff that's going on. I, just to get a sense, is anybody distracted by that, overly concerned. Mm-hmm. And you should be. You should be. It's not, it, it, it's not a lack of, or a faulty dominant practice if you're noticing changes in the world that seem frightening, because they are. But even with all this turmoil, it's building, and I, you know, it might build more and more. But we have a practice to not get entangled in it. And we can understand that I, I softened you up for this moment by saying often in class that there hasn't been one day in my life when there wasn't one, at least one more going on in the past 68 years. And I'm not saying that to be, to sound depressive or anything like that. It's just the truth, isn't it? And the same thing that causes people to kill each other is the three to five things, the three in aversion. You, know, you can see it out there. Um, and even though it might affect us not physically, it certainly does it can affect us mentally. But we should be aware it's, it's the same delusion. It's a lack of understanding for noble truths that causes that stuff. And we might even take sides. And it's understandable to take sides. I take a side. There's a side that I think is more on the right. I don't mean right, you know, politically right, but they're, it's more skillful action. But it doesn't mean that I have to hate anybody. Because if you fall into hatred, you're just falling into the same trap that causes all this stuff. So that, that's the only reason I wanted to bring it up. But also just that, that we can talk about these things here too. It's okay to say, you know, I'm frightened. I heard this, that. This is the place we can talk about that. We're human beings. You know, I, I unfortunately watched the news telecast the other day and it scared the hell out of me. But, you know, I've been scared my whole life. I grew up with a Cuban Missile Crisis. They, 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 you know, I, there was a, I remember a time when I was walking home from school and the air raid sirens went off. I think I was eight years old. And I ran to the nearest house screaming and crying. So take me down to your basement because I thought the bombs were coming. And I'm not, we, we've all grown up in this world. This is, it's a difficult world at times. But no matter what's occurring, we have a method to develop 
and maintain a common peaceful mind. And we can understand it. And we don't have to fall into hatred. So if you feel like you are, <laughs> I can't think quiet again. Seems like person. If you feel like you have to fall into hatred to justify a feeling, take a breath. Because even if you think you can, you can. People are work, working out to move your mind. I could go on and on. The other thing is just thank you again for letting me be a part of this. I truly do not. Thank you, Matt. John, can I say something there, too? Um, in light of, of this retreat and this Satipatthana Sutta and this method that we're practicing, when you feel, when you experience fear arising in you, recognize and acknowledge that there's fear. And when it's gone, recognize and acknowledge that it's not there anymore. So that's, maybe we don't do that enough. Maybe we don't recognize when it's not there anymore and we're not scared. When we get scared, and it could be whatever. It doesn't have to be fear. It could be any other emotion or feeling. But to cultivate this practice of impermanence and having a direct experience with impermanence, recognize when whatever is arisen has arisen, acknowledge it, and recognize and acknowledge when it's gone. And it's not there anymore. And you can say, I'm not scared of it right now. Thank you, Julia and Zach. Once again, I think the, the difference, like uh, going to a restaurant and going to somebody's house, and do that. Thank you, everybody. It's more amazing. Yeah, more conversation. Yeah, more conversation. Thank you for the house. Yeah, and so are we back here tomorrow at nine? I think the weather is good. Yeah. Right. So can I just make a quick comment about what mm -hmm. John said? So I, I, I too grew up in um, under the threat of nuclear war, and I when I was about twenty. Finally realized that I it was always in the back of my mind. Um, and it was it was like fear that I never realized that I had until it was in my twenties. So um, I I was born in the Soviet Union. I came here when I was sixteen. So I've seen it on both sides. Um, so just wanted to provide my opinion on a perspective of where we are like in, in the big scheme of things. Um, I think just a lot of people are blowing things out of proportions and all oh, in verge of the world with three. No way. Not even close. And if you hear these, if you hear, if you hear this on, a, on, on the media, TV, radio, whatnot, no. 
not even close. If you look at the facts, can we just, yeah, in this room, let me speak with that a lot. You want to talk on anything else? There's not going to be a talk after, but in this room, let me speak with that. It's not a place. I'm addressing, I'm addressing people's fear. Then let's adjourn. And if people would like to continue talking about yeah, that, sure. they certainly can. Um, I respect um, David reinforcing what John always says. That we should be careful and be mindful that we're speaking of everything that we bring to this room in relation to the Dom. Okay. We are adjourned and we're back here at nine for Qigong. Thank you for listening. I rely on donations to support the continued restoration, preservation, and presentation of the Buddha's Dhamma. If you find benefit here, please consider a donation at becoming-buddha.com. Thank you. Peace.